have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? You look great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year where we can pack it full of 25,000. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guy's day. It was me and Rank. I mean, how do you lose? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, powered by Fantasy Points Media Group. Today, we are going behind the grind and looking back on the history of fantasy football. And when we do this, we must acknowledge some of the trailblazers in our industry. Tonight is one of those such members. Our guest this evening is one of those early pioneers that led this industry back in the early 90s, earning himself a seat at the Fantasy Sports Writers Association Hall of Fame. Please join us in welcoming the one and only Fantasy Points Man, myth, legend himself, John Hansen. How you doing? Uh oh, I think there I lost you there. What's up? Well, that that I really we did well there with the intro. Can you guys hear me? Because I think I lost you for a second. Gotcha. No, we're yeah. good. I, I just good, nailed good. Well, the introduction. Thank you. thank you, Matt, for that. Uh, it was very too. Let's just get right into it. That that was way way too long. You could have said some some old dude been around forever. <laughs> His name's John. Hey, John. You know, that would have been fine. <laughs> that, that probably would have worked, but then we would have tried – the John would have been really key on there because we've got a lot of old people who have been around for a long time, but none of us have accomplished what you've already accomplished in this industry. Uh, we, we date back to the early 90s there. We're going to touch on this during the show, uh, some of that history. You, you've probably forgotten more things about fantasy football than we'll ever know ourselves on this show, so – uh, hat tip to you for everything you've done and everything you're doing going forward. Um, obviously, Fantasy Points itself is uh, ahead of the curve there, kind of one of the leaders in the industry as far as innovation goes. And that, that goes for you and the team over there that you've helped assemble there. Have great people there from uh, Ben to Barrett to Barfield. I'm starting to think maybe if we had a B in our name, we'd have a better chance. Dolan, you know, uh, Huber, some great guys, Kaplan, Sal. You know, the names, I can keep going on and on about all the guys that have come over there. So uh, kudos to you on that one. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I know that was a very awkward start here, but, um, you know, it, it is just, I mean, honestly, I have been like so busy working for, for so long and doing just keeping everything, you know, up to a high standard and, you know, putting in the hours for everything that I almost don't even really have time to even smell the roses or even like even think back to it so it's actually always a little weird you know when i hear all those things i'm like oh wow damn i actually did do all that stuff it's just been a very very long journey but it's been absolutely incredible uh i could have never uh, i always say i called it like all of it i did in 1995 I, all the you know my career the popular i completely called it all and yet I'm still blown away by how far both things have, have gone. You know what I'm saying? So it's been unbelievable. Well, we're, we're about to get really freaky. If you find that weird, we're going to go right back into your whole history here and bring up some stuff from the past. But one of the things we got to talk about here right off the get-go is 
Uh, I don't know if you remember our very first interaction that you and I had there. I, I kind of threw, I know you're, you do a lot of podcast appearances at the end of July, beginning of August. I think this might've been April that I might've hit you up and I was like, Hey John, would love to get you on the Viper cast. It, it would make Kelvin's dad love him once again. So <laughs> that's where we are right now. Uh, we're glad to join you. And we know uh, we got junior here with us apparently. And uh, dad's watching right now on YouTube. So Kelvin, Kelvin you, senior, what's up, man? What's going on? Go. Yeah, What's there you popping? go. That's tremendous. My my dad is watching the show, so grateful to have you here, John. Grateful to have my dad here in in, in the comments and watching the show. He's um he is a longtime fan of yours. I literally we started talking about this behind the grind series uh, before the off season really started, and when Matt started listing off the names of all the people we could bring on, you know, we, um, you know, the, of course the, you know, the bigger, the, the Matthew berries and all that. And the, so I started talking about all that with my dad and he goes, what about that guy, John Hansen? When are you going to have him on? Maybe if you have him on, I'll watch. <laughs> so here we are, you're on the show. He's watching. He's a long time fantasy guru fan. Like I said, we, um, we used, I used to, for his birthday, I used to buy him a subscription to fantasyguru.com. So very That's familiar awesome. with your work. Very, you know, he's called into your show. So yeah, I'm now. Did I'm you sure used to email? To have you ever emailed in as like a kid buying it? Because I had a couple of those where like like 15 year old boys would like hack into the dad's email or, or use another email and get a hold of me and they wanted to buy their dad a subscription at like 15 years old. It was like an awkward transaction, but did For you ever sure, do that? that? It that was, was not that in your all day. <laughs> like much like yourself, like can't believe you've accomplished so much, and you're you know you're, you're 35 years old uh, the way you look. I I also I I was uh, I was outside of college by the early 2000s, and which is when we started this. So okay, gotcha. <laughs> oh, Matt, you're on mute. Yeah, I, I know. It's I'm usually good for that once a show here. I was just gonna do a little bit of a recruiting here, try to get some of the socials out there. So I'm lit with the kids and what she's saying and whatnot. Hey, nothing but, like uh, a, a little bit of awkward silence here to kind of keep the the people engaged. You know? Oh, I mean, absolutely. You never know. You never know <laughs> what what's what's coming at you. But you know, I, again, I appreciate all the props and all that. Um, I, I'm always just trying to like stay afloat. And uh, again, I don't really, you know, and I don't really schmooze all that much you know um honestly i just literally don't have the time uh i keep over the years i've continually acquired jobs that are you know dream jobs that i'd be crazy to pass up so i keep getting hired for jobs and uh it's again this is why i'm always working and never have time to like you know chop it up with people like you but i'm happy to do it tonight and we're glad. So we do have this contractually obligated portion of the show where we have to talk some football. It's almost like we have to. We got the preseason going on here right now. So I'm just going to kind of jump in here. I know we're. I know you have nailed a bold prediction on the past. We're going to get to that bold prediction a little bit later. Um, but do you have any bold predictions kind of going into 2021? Is there something that you're kind of planting that flag on right now? You know, this is going to happen. I'm going to speak it into existence. You know, I... I I don't know about, I haven't really thought that much about like a, like a bold prediction. I, I think, you know, my bold predictions are, I guess the players that I rank a lot higher than the masses. So I absolutely have gravitated toward a couple of people. I, I took Antonio Gibson at seven overall in a high stakes mm -hmm. draft. Uh, that, that would be, I believe proactive. 
Um, there are a couple of other players that I've, I've like really, I mean, just kind of homed right in on and, uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, you guys may have seen the video I did where I'm like, I'm, I'm constantly monitoring my projections and where I have them slotted positionally with the ADP. And I always want to stay ahead of the curve there. And as I'm looking at, you know, a kind of conservative projection on Mooney, I was still a lot higher than, you know, doing some diggings. We, we all knew about him last year, our guy Kaplan. See, last year the reporting was really down. Kaplan has a great source there. Our guys were all over Darnell Mooney and Keeper League's Dynasty and all that. Well, it's it gets even better because he continues to ascend. Everything is added up with Justin Fields added. They, they have a thin receiving core. And – He's he's my breakout receiver of the year. Boom. That's that's it. I'm on record. That's my guy. So so question about the projections for Darnell Moody. When you're projecting for a guy whose quarterback situation is a little up in the air, um, how do you handle that in terms of are you deciding that Justin Fields is starting at a certain point and taking the predictions from there? Yeah, I think w- the way we've been doing, I've been doing the, the projections. That's, that's kind of like my specialty. Like I, that's what I've been doing for 25 plus years. I, I do uh, articles obviously as well. Um, but I actually project the number of starts for everyone. So I, I've projected fields well ahead of Dalton, you know, from day one. So I am projecting Darnell Mooney with about 85% Justin Fields baked on in there. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. I'm with you on Darnell Moody. I, I've been blow, I've been pumping up his AP ADP probably myself here as well because, you know, he was going in about the 10th round. You're looking at wide receiver 53 to 58 at one point. I really believe he could challenge for a, a low-end wide receiver too this year. I really think he's got that. You look back on that film and – Mitch Trubisky was his quarterback, and he was still producing more receptions for a wide receiver than any other Bears player in the history of the Chicago Bears. And this was with Mitch Trubisky. You watch Mitch Trubisky miss him by 15 yards while he's wide open. He turned Jalen Ramsey inside out on many occasions. You give him with a a competent quarterback, look out. Like I I don't think wide receiver 20 to 28 is out of the uh, possibilities for him. I think the moon – is the we can go to the moon with Mooney on this one, so to speak, guys? Guys, it's gonna happen, all right. So, like, check the tape, old takes exposed. I, I don't care, this will actually happen. And you know, very smart kid, and it continues to impress. Good kid, you know, good head on his shoulders. Uh, we got to watch out for all receivers when they start balling out, they all get a little, you know, but right now he's tight, you know, so um. And there were countless number of plays last year on tape where, as a rookie, he's wide open, wide open. And actually, Foles was even worse. It was just a a joke. So throw it all out the window, and it's a massive upgrade at quarterback. And, and again, it's going to be fields more often than not. And and it's a perfect marriage working off Allen Robinson, tight ends in the middle field run heavy it's perfect so he's gonna ball out so I, I gotta ask speaking of teams and players that ball out i gotta ask you this question because this has come across my feet a couple times is this the year for the vikings oh uh to do what to <laughs> <laughs> do uh, well i heard you break our hearts again perfect answer. 
Well, <laughs> actually, a- I actually called that in January that, oh, you know, because I've been making fun of him for about seven years now. Uh, I call Mike Zimmer Mr. Every Other Year and go check his record. And you're like, oh, wow, look at that. Every other mm-hmm. year. And uh, I've called the last four years exactly right in, in terms of NFL wise. Like, they'll be good this year. No, they're going to suck. You know, and now in January, I was like, oh, yeah, they're good. They're back. They're going to be good. So they're going to be probably an 11 win team. There you have that, that. That's that's another that's a solid prediction. There, we don't mm-hmm. know how that NFC North is going to shake out. Terry Terry's a resident Packer fan, so like you probably might have got her Uh-oh. a little bit, uh, a little ruffled there a little bit on that prediction. But I'm good. I'm good. You know the the Packers predictions have been all over the board. You have some people that are confident in us repeating. You have others that are saying only a ten sin, or a ten win season. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. used to hearing it. The variety. Um. So you've been, you've been a long time Packer fan. Yes. Well, you remember the the undrafted free agent quarterback that was there a couple of years ago, Joe Callahan. I don't know if you remember him. He was mm-hmm. the three. He was supposed to actually start in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, the the year Brett Favre got inducted in the Hall of Fame, whatever that was, it was like twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. And he was off and on the team for a while. That was actually my son's pop Warner quarterback. My son was a receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, nice. and he, I coached him in little league baseball too. And my son played baseball with him and he was six years old, biggest Brett Favre fan you've ever seen and winds up playing quarterback for the green Bay Packers Awesome. Wow. and was That's set really cool. actually was set to start the hall of fame game. The weekend that Brett Favre got inducted into the hall of fame for the green Bay Packers. Think about that. Wow. He That's went to crazy. a D three school, not even remotely close to being drafted, and the kid made it to the Packers and was set uh, to start in that game. Unfortunately, there was a big weather issue, and for safety reasons, they had to cancel the game. Wow! All right, I remember that now. Yeah, I remember that about yeah. the field conditions and everything like that. They just kind of popped that off. That story sounds like he's lying. Okay, that that's like too, <laughs> you know, it's actually it actually happened. It's very specific. It's got to be believable. Yeah. <laughs> well, John, I'm going to come right out here and say it as a disclaimer to the show. We don't fact check nothing over here. So good. Good. We're, right. we're, we're good like to go. My friend Michael Rappaport. I don't know if you ever have uh, seen his <laughs> podcast. I know he's controversial, but um, he was my former radio co-host, and, and I did a year of TV with him, too. All right, John. So the time of the show has now come where it's time to forget about the football talk, any of the current stuff, and we're going to just talk about you. And it's time for you to come into the Viper oh, pit. We've got Matt, oh, we've got boy. Tara, we got Major, we got me. We all have questions for you. We'll take some turns asking those. Uh, and we'd like yeah. to start off with the same one. And this was really perfect for you, knowing that you mentioned those jobs that you've had, one of the former ones, as a disc jockey at a rock station. Um, so music must be kind of important to you. What yeah. would your intro oh. music be if you had like one piece of intro music that could introduce you to a crowd? If you were a closer or a wrestler or something like that, what would that one song be? Well, that's a floating situation. I mean, that's fluid, right? That that depends on like what, how old am I? What's what era? You know, like so that's a, mm-hmm. a floating thing. I could tell you though that I actually did have to pick a song for just that at, at mm-hmm. some event for Sirius XM wasn't that long ago and it was um silver sun pickups 
don't know if you've ever heard of them. Uh, it's a really badass opening. Um, the hell's the name of that song though? Um, but anyway, it was it hard, loud, high energy, pounding. You know, Silver Sun pickups. That's a deep pull. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to Google that. We're gonna have to do a little yeah. bit of listening. We, we basically make a whole soundtrack just from the uh, this question from all the guests well, yeah, that we've no, had on here. I guarantee you've heard. I, I would almost venture to say you've heard the damn song. And now I'm gonna find out the name of it, and uh, I'm gonna play it. But uh, continue. <laughs> well, that's over to you now, Major. Oh my bad. So, the importance of growing up, uh, we all play sports. What was your favorite sports? Uh, you know, some of the players that you enjoy watching growing up. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I actually found out that my I take after my mother's side, and my mom took after her dad's side and I found out my grandfather was like a semi-pro basketball player in Manhattan. Um, didn't get a single piece of genetics for that though. Unfortunately, see what I did there. You're surprised. Uh, did not play any basketball. Uh, I could hang a little bit on this on the playground, but I, I played, you know, mainly football and baseball. Now what, what was, it was tough to differentiate the two of them. Uh, I think I was better at football, um, but I I had problems. I was I got injured quite a bit. I would make like the spectacular play and you know break my collarbone stuff like that. And actually, my parents precluded me. They would not let me play um, high school football, and that's that's all I wanted to do because I. I I was very fast. I was skinny, but I was fast. I could catch. <clears throat> so I just outrun everybody and just catch it. I uh, go deep all the time. One year I tried to sneak in. No, uh, I was like, ah, oh, play soccer. Hated that. Next year, tried again. Well, uh, let me run cross country. I'll try that. Hated that. And then I just started, uh, you know, smoking weed basically. And that was it for, um, yeah. for sports. Uh, but I did love playing little league baseball and uh, Babe Ruth and again, I didn't play much in high school. I, I broke my leg when I was like uh, 12 and I was out for like a year and a half. It totally, totally destroyed me. Uh, I always tell the story. I was one day too old per my birthday to play a uh, little league. I missed a, a whole year little league when I was uh, by one day. And then the year before I broke my leg and missed two years. So it was a nightmare. So I literally went from being like eight to playing on the, on a major league baseball field, basically. <laughs> You know, wow. so that's quite well, the upgrade. Your, it was a little tough. Who some of your favorite teams growing up? And, and, oh, I'm a and I'm a Dodgers players. fan from my whole life. And uh, are you from LA? I'm actually from Brooklyn originally. Okay. So, I people ask me all the time, "What do you you know?" Dodgers, when I was a little like, kid, my brother was a Mets fan. I um, saw Brooklyn Dodgers. We lived in Brooklyn. I'm like, well, why don't we root for these guys? My mom said, "Well, they moved away." Uh, I said, well, they're the furthest team away from the Mets that possible. Right. And she said, yeah, I said, that's my team. So I've been a huge fan of them and, uh, Minnesota Vikings, unfortunately, although they're at least entertaining. So I gotta, I gotta kind of touch on that Minnesota Viking connection there. Cause you've got teams to choose from in that New York area. You've got Buffalo, you've got the giants, you got the jets, you got all that. And you can flip over to LA and you got options there. What, what's with the Minnesota Vikings? Cause I'm interested as a Raiders fan in Canada, 
I'm interested to hear how a New Yorker became a Vikings fan. Well, I am half Norwegian. So my, my father's family is my dad is first generation American. Uh, his mom was born in Norway. So that's probably it right there. My first name was actually for a day. I was, I was named Eric, like Eric, the red, you know? So I think that was probably it. But, um, but for a day, like how does that work? What's that? You said for a day. What do you mean? You said your name for a, a day was Eric. Er, er, did I read that wrong? No, no. Eric, Eric the Red is a is a famous like Norseman, you know. Got it. You know, historical figure. He's a famous Viking. Got you. You know, so my family, yeah, like I said, so that that was probably a lot of it. But um, I, I actually was. A big fan of um uh, we're going way back here but uh howard cosell used to do um highlights on monday night football and it was the only time back then that no no espn it was the only time you could see highlights around the league and it was like a good like seven minutes but it was like the greatest seven minutes of tv for the whole week because you saw all the highlights and he would, you know, Howard Cosell obviously was very, you know, gregarious, bombastic. And somehow I also gravitated to what, how he would say, um, Fran Tuck and Tento, ah, Mod Ra, shot, you know, Ahmad Rashad. He was a Vikings receiver when I was seven years old. So between all that and the purple, I'm like, that's it. That's it. I'm in. Nice. Nice. Great. So let's have. Let's keep it on a personal track, um, but maybe jump forward a bit, maybe towards your career. Tell us about a decision that changed the trajectory of your life. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, I mean, again, most of the decisions were, do I want to try to get this gig? And, you know, if so, I get offered, it's not really a decision. Uh, you know, th there was, a, I think, uh, you know, what comes to mind and I actually thought about it somewhat recently was when, you know, I started a magazine kind of out of, out of nowhere. It was like, it was actually a lot easier to do than you would think, but you know, I was pretty established and I got together with um, these, these guys, Tom Kesnick and Greg Ambrosius still work with them. The NFFC guys, they were working for a publishing company and they had basically access to newsstands basically. And it was like a partnership where, it was all my content and they would print it and design it, print it and sell it on the stand, get it on the stands. And I think we like split the money and all that. So it was, it was kind of cool. Cause you know, back then it was like, you know, every, every magazine had a website, but did a website have a magazine? So I was like, I thought that was cool. And uh, that, that, that took a, made a nice little impact. I was uh, technically the first, fantasy entity to like interview a player uh it was then reigning rookie of the year clinton portis and yeah. uh that that opened up a lot of doors uh i did it i i was kind of the head of the curve on the whole like keeping tabs with the beat writers i had a, a column in there as early as like oh three uh 32 32 beat writers answered 32 questions so i made a lot of relationships that way in fact um my Denver guy was Adam Schefter. Uh, and Adam was work for me uh, on a very small, small level. But I would, you know, get to know these guys. And I, you know, 
got a hold of him for the magazine for this article <clears throat> and uh i'd throw him a little extra money i was like here's an extra just give you a little extra here or whatever give you this just for the right to 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 contact you you know and so yeah he was my denver guy he was absolute money but a great question and i was actually thinking about it the that the starting a magazine was actually kind of low-key underrated something i haven't really thought about until until you just asked it and recently awesome yeah and just kind of keep on on that track here because that's kind of where i wanted to go to just kind of talking about that journey some of the changes from when you first started to where we are today from snail mail to the internet from we've heard from other people like paul charchi in there who also did the newsletter. We've heard from Bob Harris and fax machines and 1-800 numbers. We heard about people back in the day putting the radio on, putting a record, hitting record just to catch the stat line all the time to do the scores for their home leagues because there was no internet at that point to basically break it down. We were going back and doing all our fantasy football drafts and tallying up the scores by the newsstand newspaper and kind of going from there. What are some of the changes that you've seen from the beginning to where we are now? And then kind of a little bit further, where do you see us going in the future? Uh, you guys got three hours. <laughs> I mean, that, well, yeah, we, that, no, that's no, I'm, I'm only breaking your balls, but that, that is uh yeah, that actually what I was more interested in, in, in the early stages of kind of um, the, the explosiveness, because as you mentioned, when I had this idea to do this little newsletter, th the way it started was I, I was on this little TV show in New Jersey that had a pretty good audience. And back then there weren't a lot of cable show. I mean, channels, you know, it was like 30 channels. So I did a show before Monday night football, actually, we were pretty crazy and all that. And I started giving out fantasy football advice, the guru thing and all that, you know, some guy in my league called me that. And uh, I said, Oh, let me, start this little newsletter and, you know, get a little residual income and, and all that, you know? So it, it was too early though for, I had a website promoting it. So the first, you know, year or so I had a website promoting it. And then two, three years later, that started with an email update and then it just slowly progressed to more, you know, sophistication. But I mean, I, again, I forgot more things, you know, than I can remember, honestly, but it's a, it's a slow, painful process. Sometimes, you know, trying to walk someone through when you send even a lot of content in an email and it will automatically download it to a file and they're like, Oh, I don't know how to read that. You know, and you got to walk people through that as you're trying to finish your work and all that. So, um, a lot of technical glitches, you know, a lot of just, flying by the seat of my pants. Um, one story that, that really stands out and I'm jumping around here, but uh, it's a long story how it happened, but in the very, very early days of mailing lists, I had like a list serve it was called. And I guess somebody convinced me it was a very quick and efficient way to email people um, a lot, you know, a lot of content or a little content, but, but quickly. And, I actually kind of invented the breaking news update, I believe, in the fantasy business. It was like 1997 when, a, when it was a big thing. I sent out this flash email. Um, <clears throat> but so it, it, was, it was very early on. And somehow I got a virus up on, you know, on my computer. And what I didn't realize was the virus on my computer 
emailed my address book the address for this listserv that triggered the mailing Ooh. was in the address book so Whoa. long story short i'm building up this business for three four years at the time whatever and this happens on a friday night mind you like halloween weekend i was actually hosting a party at my house right before this happened uh sent out a virus to my to the entire customer base and it was just i was like that's it good night everybody you know i mean there's no way i can survive this and you know so i did i did rather than act like hey it wasn't me you know <laughs> i did proactively send out an email and said hey do not open this you know <clears throat> which saved a lot of people but i thought for sure it was it was over and said to my wife, I'm like, oh, well, you know, gave it a shot. What can we do? Uh, and then the next year, subscriptions tripled. So I'm like, I, I want to put out an advertisement. We send our customers viruses and they still come back. So get on over <laughs> here. <you know? laughs> that must have been one heck of a virus to be able to pick up more clientele when it was all said and done. Now, you kind of mentioned being the first into a lot of things here the breaking news and stuff but I, i'm going to kind of get an opinion here i know you were one of the first in the fantasy football realm to get into twitter on top of things how did how did the guru get into twitter like what was the thinking behind all that because you were one of the first ones into this space the twitter sphere if you so call whatever you want to call yeah, it yeah yeah you know i didn't even really realize that that i would have to credit I, i'm always ahead of the curve i like to take pride in that in, in everything. I'm the annoying guy who says, I knew that band before anybody else did. Um, <laughs> but this one, I would have to credit Joe Dolan. Um, so I hired Joe right out of college. So he was like 22 years old. So mm. obviously he was very dialed in. I mean, he, he's Mr. Social Media, that guy right there. So uh, that was it. And, you know, I guess I, I, I saw what, I guess that was, yeah. So what happened was I was um, kind of against it facebook and all that but i got invited to play facebook in 08 i believe wanted to get in this in the in this content like games and they were going to run fantasy leagues and all that hmm. so they they reached out to experts to play in this expert league i know matt barry was in the league um like fabiano i'm sure was in the league I, you know, I, I, all that so i was like oh, all right cool I'll, I'll, and uh, the guy uh jeff ma uh, you know the movie 21 um about the mit guys who go to vegas based on a true story mm -hmm. um he's like the guy the real guy from that he was he's the one to organize it all but anyway i had to create a facebook account and i was like ah oh, here we go you know i've been avoiding this you know so i'm like all right i do it and then of course this i'm being bombarded with people from high school that i haven't talked to and you know, a long ass time. Yeah. And, all. and yeah. I, then I, I was like, oh, okay. You know, I can, I can see, I mean, it wasn't that hard to see like, wow, you could reach people with this, you know, and not like be a, you know, a beggar, but you could market to people. And if you, if you do, uh, do it right, you know, and create a little brand. So I actually was very aggressive on Twitter. I had to kind of retire from it. It was like a, a full-time job, but yeah, from like, like Oh nine, through like maybe 20 uh, 2013 14 i was yeah i was like real active and aggressive and i guess that's how i got the 
followers I have because I'm a terrible follow on Twitter, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I rarely offer much because I'm I'm too tired. <laughs> Well, I'll jump in and just ask you about something you already said here, because, you know, we, um, you know, we had, we were going to talk about, you know, making the decision from this being kind of a hobby to being, you know, what your full-time career, but I, I want to ask you about like that specifically, you mentioned how you, you saw this industry evolving and becoming something much bigger. Like, what was it about this industry that you thought was so ripe for turning into what it's turned into? Like how, how much of how much of that was kind of blind faith and how much of that you were just fully hundred percent convinced like, yeah, this is going to be a big deal. Yeah. I think I've always, it's a great question. I think I've always been uh, pretty good in terms of what is commercially appealing, um, you know, pop culture as well. You know, it, it just, I knew that not to be arrogant, but I always say like, uh, just because I don't like something doesn't mean it's not good. But if I like it, it's good. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> like, you know, a little bit of the ego there. But I thought, hey, I know what this means to me. I can see it. You know, I'm very I've, I've got very good intuition. So that's a big plus. And I'm like, I can I can absolutely project this out long term as like being like the most popular activity in america basically you know so i kind of i kind of did see that um so <clears throat> does that answer the question <laughs> yeah where, no, that's, that's great i think even some of the things that you talk about where you know getting the beat writers on like those sort of things like those are really you know those are things that we still do today and you pioneered a lot of those things and you know it's i, I guess there's there's something like, do you feel like there's something in your background that caused you to be able to sort of see where some of these trends were going to go? Is like, do you have a marketing background or is this just kind of like, this is just pure natural talent for being able to see what's coming? Yeah. Again, I mean, I, it just, I just felt like it was everything that I, I would want in, in like a, let's say non-athletic or strenuous, uh, activity you know i mean it had competition it had gambling it had you know excitement it was you know sports related i was always very into i'm not a big math guy per se but certainly into stats you know so it had it all i'm like this is the greatest thing of all time and for me it was always it's just perfect uh, because i always you know i'm just i always say you know recently you know more doing like reflecting and things like I'm just so grateful for this whole fantasy thing because I wanted to get into broadcasting when I graduated from college. I have a degree in communications, you know, radio, TV, film. And I, I was a young father. My wife and I were parents when we were 23 and 21. So um, I didn't feel like I could kind of pay my dues. I was working at the radio station making crap, you know. So I kind of for a little while there was like, oh, well, you know, it's just not really going to work out because, you know, I got to, you know, you know, help, you know, raise my, my kid and my, you know, my wife and all that. I've got financial responsibilities. So that kind of was, you know, the way, the reason I went off and tried to find something as well. Uh, but that not only did that whole thing work for the financial element, cause that's kind of what I really was initially doing, like looking to support my family um, that it also opened up a complete backdoor 
to a to broadcasting and mm. that to me to this day is like absolutely blows my mind so i guess i was just completely built for this because you know i'm pretty good writer not the not the best pretty good radio guy not the best you know all that um and also the reason i started this so i was you know pretty damn good in fantasy and making making calls and all that intuition and all that so I guess I was just made for this crap. You know, it's unbelievable. Speaking of I, fantasy, um, oh, go ahead, Tara. You got it. No, sorry. I was just going to say, I, I, I really love that because I have, um, I have a background in communications and broadcasting too. And my intention was to go into broadcasting. And I, and that was like 10 years ago. And I would have never thought that fantasy sports would have been an avenue to go into that. So like what you're saying, it's kind of crazy that how you could – go that route in something that you would have never expected to get back into what you originally were planning. Absolutely. And, and you uh, and everyone else, you do actually have a little bit of an advantage. Now, granted way more competitive, but the ability to be on camera right now and put yourself out there and speak in front of a camera. I mean, I went to college for it like you, but in, you know, the early nineties, um, I'd have been blown away to have that kind of opportunity. So I had to do it the old fashioned way, like brick mortar, you know, buildings and, and the like, and, mm -hmm. uh, and somehow it all worked out, you know, luck, uh, luck is the residue of design, but nice. I, I was absolutely lucky in, in so many ways, Ge just geographically, you know, I, I lived 10, 10 minutes from NFL films. I could be in New York city in an hour and a half, DC, Baltimore, you know, two hours, you know, so it's a nice little uh, location too. Yeah. So what, what are some of your favorite leagues you've been in? You're like your most favorite home leagues. Well, unfortunately, man, I, I don't, those are gone. Like really? I, I, no, they've been long gone, man. My, um, my initial hometown league basically disbanded because I just kept winning and they thought I was cheating. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I mean, it really did kind of happen that way. Um, I started doing this newsletter in the mid nineties. Yeah. I was more dialed in, but they were acting, act, literally acting like I got the answers to the test, you know, like the, the coaches, I was getting tips from the coaches. I'm like, dude, guys, simmer down now. You know, I'm just <laughs> studying up a little bit more than you guys. So yeah, then, then that disbanded. My favorite league is the league we do on the radio show. Um, called the ACI, the Adam Kaplan Invitational. And uh, it's a listener league, just randomly named after Adam Kaplan, just because, basically. And uh, I talk a lot of smack about it, and it's people submit videos to get in the league, and uh, it's unbelievable. It, it is not that I had any idea, not to go off on a tangent, but this is actually kind of cool. The, the, the league's been around like seven years now, and it's a 14-teamer, so it's, you know, good number of people coming coming in and out but there has been a community of um ex alumni for, of the league who have all come together and formed like it's like this ever-expanding group of people who would have never gotten together um otherwise i don't think i mean maybe within fantasy could have happened but not quite like it has i mean these are people who now like travel from state to state to like meet people physically you know and like i mean like it's completely impacting lives you know and uh and it's all going on behind the scenes and i'm sitting there doing my thing and like 
it's kind of centered around me, but I'm like oblivious because I'm like just staying ahead of everything. But yet here it is, it's been growing and cultivating and it's just like, well, that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, I guess that's a good way of, for me to give back, I guess. So, uh, I love that. Oh, I love that. I, I've seen some of those. Have you ever been blown, blown away by one of these submissions? Is there, is there one submission? You mentioned these videos to kind of get yourself into this thing. Is there one where you just kind of shook your head and you're like, yeah, you're in. I don't need to see the rest. You're oh, in this God, thing yeah. no matter no, what. It's so, they're so flattering. You know, like there was one where the guy like was playing himself in the mid nineties. He had the mullet. He's running out to the mailbox to get the newsletter. And then he goes in like, you know, the time machine. And then he goes into the news, uh, the mailbox and there's the app, you know, my, on his phone, you know, I'm like, geez. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. is just, uh, again, it's just incredibly flattering. And, uh, you know, as I, I say to other people like you guys, um, just keep doing what you're doing and just keep putting yourself out there because the one thing I've learned is you never know who's watching or listening or reading. You just, you just never know. I've had so many brushes with absolute greatness that I don't even know about just from people listening or watching or reading, but I've had plenty of people that I come to find out were, following me for a long, long time, you know, like I'll give you an example and this is going way back, but um, I think it was Jules McLean who was actually on staff with us. She reaches out um, and says, Oh, I'm in a league with meatloaf. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I love meatloaf, you know? And uh, I was like, Oh, give me, um, tell him I'm a, I'm a fan, you know, I'll hook him up with a subscription. Right. So he emails me back. He's like, I've been a subscriber for like nine years. I'm like, nice. what? You know, wow. no idea. That's cool. That's amazing. <laughs> kind of uh, staying adjacent to that. Um, you mentioned, I mean, we know you've done a ton of incredible interviews and you mentioned, you know, your first big one with Clint Portis, you know, share with us some of the, some of the most memorable interviews you've done. Oh boy. Well, I mean, I got I got to default straight up to Marshawn Lynch in 2008. And he was actually see when I had the when I had a magazine, you know, I pick one guy, that's my guy. I'm writing a story about him. And it would always you could never do like the the I didn't want to be like the the obvious 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 guy. So I I would always get like the second tier guy, the young kind of up and coming guy. So when I actually decided to go with Marshawn, I was like, you know, it was a little like people like really Marshawn Lynch on the cover. I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I like the guy. I mean, I, I said, I could, I could tell he's an old soul. I like that guy, you know? So, so, and by the way, somehow I got very lucky to even get Marshawn Lynch because this is early on, but even, his second year in the league, he was, he was iffy with the media. Like it was yeah. not good. So I, I'm talking to this guy, Chris Brown, who still works for the Buffalo bills. You know, he's like the main media guy. And uh, I'm like, what do you think, man? <clears throat> I, I gotta, you know, I gotta sit down with Marshawn. And he's like, well, he goes, <laughs> you know, either he, it's going to be one of those things. Like if he, if he likes you, he's going to be the, the greatest, you know, if he doesn't, it's going to be, it's going to be tight. Like he's just going to tighten up. I was like, Oh boy, what am I going to do here? So, you know, <clears throat> I'm a little crazy, uh, you know, in a good way. I like to think, 
So I'm like, all right, well, I, I got to take a shot here. You know, I'm a 39 year old pasty white guy. Let, let's give it a shot. So he's walking up to me and he, he puts his hand out. And I was like, yo, Marshawn, what's crack a lacking dog? And stop. And I was like, <laughs> this could go really badly or very well. And luckily he was like, oh, damn, you know, and that was it. And <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like we really, really uh, had a, he had a great interview. He said, I'm going to open up. He's like, this is, this has really been good. You know, give me your card. Uh, let's stay in touch. And I was like, wow, we bonded. I mean, like, we, you know, it was like really amazing, you know, but then unfortunately he um, got into a little bit of trouble. Um, he had a little vehicular thing where it wasn't really it ended up not being that bad, but I think then he kind of went a little behind in the shadows, right. but that it was incredible. And uh, I just, to this day, I'm like, I feel so good about that choice of picking uh, Marshawn Lynch. But that that's an iconic interview, I think, uh, in these in these parts. You ain't get Marshawn Lynch now, right? No, I, I love watching some of those videos that he does now, is his of his own accord. There, where he kind of comes, you see that personality that you kind of mentioned there, and how he gets into it, and he's just one of those guys you, you just want to watch. It does, I don't know what it is about. You just gravitate right to everything that he's doing. Oh yeah, uh, one of those. He's, he's real. I'm a very real person, so he, he can sniff it out. You know, I, I was goofing around with him. I asked him, like, you know, uh, favorite rappers. He's like, uh, to show E-40, Messi, Marvin. I was like, oh, damn, same as me. You know, which I have no idea who these people were. Uh, but, <laughs> I was about to you know, say, really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's now, I had no idea. But, you know, it, it was all, it was good. It was good. But, unfortunately, um, I, one of these days, before, before I – head on out of here in this business. I, I, I definitely need to uh, catch up with Marshawn because uh, he, he really loved the interview and it came out great. And he had a great year, by the way. Yeah. Speaking of great years, great careers back in 1995, you kind of put it all out there on a second year kid uh, who's now made the hall of fame kind of saying, this is the, this guy could be the next Jerry Rice. He's that good kind of thing. Fast forward to 2020 you get an opportunity to kind of interview him right before his hall of fame induction. What was that moment? Like someone that, you know, he, he missed it. He should have been in a lot sooner. We can all agree on that, but finally getting him to have that interview after all these years, what was that like? Yeah, absolutely surreal. I mean, I I've had so many of these surreal things o over the years where I'm just, I'm like, kind of like, is this, am I real? Is this real here? You know, because, uh, I, I actually would credit Isaac Bruce for the, my entire career. And I've told him that multiple times, you know, so to, to go full circle with, with everything and then support Isaac's, you know, bid, I guess, um, offer up any support I could. And then to be there, um, you know, one year we did and he didn't even get in. Then the next year he did. And to be there and see that just, 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 just absolutely incredible. And, um, no, no, no question about it. Like that call made, gave me the confidence to do it all. Like I, I could, that was it. It was like, I could survive 200 bad calls. Cause that was so, it was literally the best call I've ever made. First call, best call, never topped ever. And the reason the, the way I did it was I've told the story, but this is before direct TV. This is before the Sunday ticket, but I had a, a big dish on the roof and I used to move it around like a, like a radio antenna and get raw network feeds 
Nice. So, and sometimes you had audio, sometimes you didn't. Sometimes you could hear the announcers during the commercial breaks, like cursing and stuff, just raw feeds, you're just picking them up over there. So I would watch games and scout players. And uh, the year before I'd scouted them out. He had like one or two, like really big games. I was like, wow. And then I, then I knew that summer he was blowing up. I think I did see him in a preseason game. I did. I saw him in a preseason game. I was like, that's my guy. That's it. And then he ended up having, I think at the time it was the fourth most receiving yards in football history in a single season out of nowhere. He was, he was undrafted in like 75% of leagues that year. It was unbelievable. That's really amazing. And, you know, so let's say, obviously you said that vaulted your career, but let's say there's a world where you're doing something besides fantasy football. What would that be? Another great question. Um, I, I, man, I, I'd like to think I could almost do, do well with, with a lot of different things just because I have a very good work, work ethic. So uh, I was very ambitious, uh, you know, <clears throat> kind of not going to be denied kind of a guy. I always thought I could have been a pretty good record label executive because again, to my previous point about being the annoying guy who said, I knew that they were going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. I've made uh, as many good calls about bands uh, as fantasy. Well, not, not quite as many, but I, I made some really good ones. Like I'll give you an example. <clears throat> 1990, 90, 91 sitting on the couch with my girlfriend video comes on MTV completely different sound never heard of these people watch the video went that band's going to change the face of rock and roll music and she's like get the hell out of here it's nirvana no pretty good yeah so could have done that i think uh like a i i i love i am a hollywood suck up by the way, I will be appearing on Kirby Enthusiasm this year. Nice. In a, in a scene with Larry David. So talk about surreal. Uh, could have been like one of those Hollywood producer types. What's that? That's the greatest show of all time. Oh, you're a fan? Big fan. Oh, man. Wait till you see it, man. It's going to be. I mean, it's it's a very it's a, it's one scene, you know, but it, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Like. uh just basically hanging out with Larry David in the cast for, for like an entire day. You already talking recorded football, that? Talking football. This is already yes. recorded? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did if it. If I'm May. not mis- So I was going to say, if you weren't doing this, I think you could be that person, that actor on the silver screen there. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it should be dropping in December. It's an episode in December, give or take, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, toward, this is- toward, toward the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't your first uh, rub with Hollywood, too. You you made some appearances there on the league. You can't. You were on the league there playing yourself. Yeah. And then we talk about curb your enthusiasm. This isn't your first time rubbing elbows with Larry David and stuff. I believe you were in like their premiere back in 2017 already, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Again, but if, but, I, yep. if I Twitter stalk you farther enough back, all made possible by one guy, Jeff Schaefer, who is him and his wife. Jackie uh, created the league. So one day I'm in the office. Uh, I had a, I actually had an office uh, building and everything. It was like May or something and get a call into the office. It was a, a guy from out there in Hollywood wanted to know 
if he could use our magazine cover. So I get on the phone and it's Jeff Schaefer. Turns out he's like a, a fan of mine. And he's like, then I find out what he's doing. Like he used to write for Seinfeld and, and now he's starting this. He's got this pilot basically. So him and I hit it off with the same age. Basically, he's a, I think he's a year younger, but uh, really, really hit it off hanging out. And then I'm like, he's like, oh, I can't believe I'm talking to the guru. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? What are you talking about? I'm like, you're all for Seinfeld, dude. Come on. You know, <laughs> so I'm like, it was crazy. So, you know, turns out he was like, can I use your magazine? And then I'm like, of course. So like one of the very first scenes of the league is the character Kevin sitting on the toilet reading my magazine. And then a year or two later, he said, hey, I can write you into an episode. And I'm like, unbelievable. Yeah. So I did that. Um, got Adam Kaplan in uh, playing ourselves on the radio. I, now, I, I always break Adam's balls about this. But initially, he's like, yeah, you can just do this yourself if you want. I'm like, ah, we'll bring Mr. C. We'll bring Kaplan in with us, you know, and which is good because it, it, it made the scene. But. We went out there. We had our own trailers, all like improv. Um, it was difficult because we were playing ourselves hosting the radio. So we, we weren't face to face with the actors because they were on the phone. So it would be like Nick Kroll would be on the other side of the room, basically playing Ruxin on the phone, you know. So that was a little weird and, and awkward. So. But uh, it was awesome. Yeah. I can't believe that was 10 years ago. So um, I have an IMDb page because of that, which I think is cool. <laughs> and uh, this, this will be an addition. This will be an addition. So I don't know, man, maybe I could uh, be a recurring, recurring character on the, on the background. Nice. <laughs> That'll be uh, incredible. The future is bright. I love it. <laughs> Taking it back to fantasy sports. Um, tell us, Tell us one thing that fantasy sports has taught you about yourself. Yeah. I think at the end of the day that you can never be complacent and that you really do need to always challenge yourself and try to get better because I did have a, you know, I think there's a reason I think that I'm one of the OGs as, as they say, and still around, you know, I like to think doing things at, at a high level, there's not many people out there who could even have physically done it, honestly, because it's, it's pretty rough. So um, I, I think the way I did it was always never being complacent, always kind of looking inward and thinking to myself, what, what are my weaknesses? And that's a lot of what, you know, fantasy points is about actually, because, you know, Graham and Scott are the big numbers guys. That's, that's not my strong suit. So, you know, if you can't do hire those who can, you know, or work with those who can. So, yeah, I think that would be it um, to always have stick to and always look to move the, move the bar ahead and, and set the bar high, but never get complacent and always challenge yourself to, to get better in, in every way. Yeah. So, being an OG of the fantasy football world, like uh, name some of the people who helped you along the way since you were at the beginning. I think it'll be interesting to see how many people helped you along the way. 
Yeah, well, you know, I got to give a shout out right off the bat to Bob Harris. It's it's funny because, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal, but I bring it up still like trying to think of how many years it was. It was 24 years ago. He created a logo for me, basically a graphic. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty, I don't think I would have done it, honestly. I mean, if I'm keeping it totally real because I am you know, I'm pretty competitive and I'm out there in the marketplace. I'm like, I'm not helping out a competitor of mine right. by designing a nice logo for this guy. I'm like, no way. But Bob Harris did. And, uh, you know, you guys know Bob, so you're not surprised. But, you know, he, he did it 24 years ago. You know, his his partner, Emil Cadillac, Um, I would always like to, I think a lot of my relationships, have, I, I like them. I to think they are always have been mutually beneficial. Um you know, Adam Kaplan and Steve Cohen. Um, Steve is the senior vice president of sports for Sirius, but he was, he had a website, footballinjuries.com with Jay Glazer. Um, those three right there uh, really, um, you know, taught me a lot about reporting and journalistic standards, um, which didn't exist in the fantasy business before those guys. And basically I replicated what they were doing, learned from them. Uh, I'm a very big admirer of Adam Schefter's. I mean, he he's like a, he's an absolute rock star. Um, it's so it's so awesome to he answers my texts faster than my wife. Like it's absolutely <laughs> absurd. He's 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 an absolute machine. Hmm. I could text him right now and he'd get right back to me. It's unbelievable. He it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So he, I look up to him a lot. I've told him that. Uh, I, I always say, you know, you, you are older than me only by one year, but uh, yeah, he's the man. Um, yeah. A lot, a lot of other people. Um, you, you guys ever hear of um, fantasy index magazine? Hmm. Huge. See, th th this is like a bygone era. They were like the gold standard of print magazines from, you know, you know, 90, you know, probably, I guess through like 2010, I don't know, they're still around, you know, uh, but he was, he was a guy there that uh, gave me a couple of, of breaks here, but th those are some people uh, off the top of my head. Yeah, it's really good. And you mentioned a little bit about, you know, trying to break in today and being able to get on screen and that being that, that being good for people trying to make it now. Um, also it being very crowded. So if you were to give any advice for people trying to make it now, what would that advice be? Be yourself. That's it. I mean, that's, that's what I do. Like I'm, I've had like a little bit of a weird phenomenon on the, the Sirius XM radio show because I've always been myself uh, for the most part, but getting a little older and getting to where I've been, um, I will admit that I, I much easier. I transitioned to DGAF mode very easily. Um, if, if you, if you can understand that at my advanced age, you know, I'm, I just turned 53 years old. So I'm not sitting here. Uh, by the way, I'm the same exact age as Will Smith. So if you think Will Smith's not old, then I'm not old either. Okay. That's my, that's my guy right there. That's my comp. It, 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 as long comp. as you can still get jiggy with it. Can you still get jiggy with it? I could right, never get jiggy with it. That's that's, that's the sad thing. That's not that's not do the jig, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
like that. Just kind of be yourself. We hear that. It, it's it's so simple, but it's one of those things that some people struggle with more often than not, just trying to be themselves out there, especially when you're trying to differentiate yourself from uh, me, from Calvin Jr. here to someone else, right? It's, it's all people want to differentiate themselves. They want to have that shtick, but is it... You kind of lose a bit of yourself if you're not you being do. yourself. Yeah, yeah so. that, that was the point that I failed to to, to finish off on. Um, just because I'm to the stage where I am, I mean, not that I'm irresponsible. I mean, I try to push the envelope a little bit, but I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on it. But I just, I'm like, well, screw it. I mean, I'm really going to be myself now because whatever. Oh, were well, they going to fire me? Ooh, I get to sleep in every day. Ooh, you know. Like, and but the ironic thing is, I don't think the show the show's never been more popular. I mean, mm. it's absolutely crushing um, on CRXM. So that would be my best advice: don't don't force anything. Don't try to be someone you're not. Just mm. be yourself. It's great advice, which, uh, you know, look, you've made a career out of giving great advice. So I appreciate you saying that, uh, want to just go ahead and we're right at the hour. So we'll, we'll let you out of here. Let me just go ahead real quick and just plug our team. Major does a fantastic job with everything that he's doing. He's got a show that's going to be launching very soon. It's going to be touching on some great subjects that the fantasy community is desperately in need of being, uh, using those two ears and listening to can't wait for that. Major, you want to tell anybody about what you have in the works? Uh, it's still building, but you know, my show is going to be a little deeper than just fantasy football start and sit. I want to talk about like humanizing the players, talk about the language of fantasy football. Uh, it's a lot of different topics, but yeah, I, I want to dig a little bit deeper. I think we all are very intelligent people. And we can go just a bit more deeper in this fantasy world. Yeah. That that's man. Good luck, man. Go for yeah. that. I, that, I'm I'm like that a little bit. I'm I'm not the. I know you you you're cutting it off here, but I, I know I was all over the map. I always do this um, on these things, but um, please I, do, I like please that. Go. You're free to jump yeah. in anytime. <laughs> I, I have always, um, and I've had great conversations with you know, you know not to name drop, but you know Ladanian Thomason. I also interviewed for the magazine. Then I ended up. Here's a j- quick one, and I got again. I've been so fortunate to have a million of these things. I interviewed a 24-year-old Ladanian Thomason who barely knew what fantasy football was in 2003 or four. 13 years later, I co-hosted a fantasy football radio show with Ladanian Thomason on SiriusXM. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Man, that's so, like, so much inspiration, man. That's like that's what we all strive for. And LT is literally one of the greatest human beings in the history of the planet love love lt but um i have had conversations about you know do players do they have that do they want to they want to be great basically you know that intangible you know do you want to be great that's that's a thing um i'm also real big on body language and i used to be made fun of by people but all of a sudden now they see like uh Oh, NFL teams, they study body language and really tips them off. And, you know, when they interview kids at the combine and stuff like that. But uh, I like that angle, man. Keep keep up with that. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Got it. Tara is uh, coming off of a great announcement where she is partnering with Fantasy Pros, doing some great content over there, working on TikTok. How's that going? It's going really good. 
Going really good. Um, I'm just, you know, really excited to get my voice out there more, get out there with engaging with more people in the community. Um, we had a great event the other day where I, you know, got to sit down with uh, talk wide receivers with Marcus Grant. So, I mean, just the opportunities that are out there and I'm just enjoying moving myself forward. So, so yeah, thank you for mentioning it. Well, I mean, my advice to you real quick, because I've seen some of your videos you are very good on camera, so I think you need to be there. Uh, I think you're very controlled and measured, which is, I think, great. And you speak very well, concise. So keep going with the with the TV sports thing because I think that's uh, that's where it's at. Thank just, you. Hey, Thank you. Just throwing Thank it you. out there. I really appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. I was basically going to say, he basically just described the anti-Matt there when describing Terry. <laughs> <No. laughs> no. John, are you on TikTok? Oh, God, no, no. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But I can tell you my daughter is right now, probably. <laughs> And of what? course, you know, Matt, Matt over here, Matt's going to get the last word, but John, just want to, I know I speak for everybody when I say we're very thankful that you took your time to come on the show today and, uh, you know, everything that you're doing, everything that you've done in the past, but fantasy points, do you want to just tell everybody a little bit about, you know, fantasy points and what we can get out of a subscription there? Well, you get a lot of good stuff. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that because that's how yeah. tired I am. Cause I've been up since six in the morning. Um, but uh, you could use, you know what? Use your promo code. Yeah. <laughs> Give out your promo code. There you and go, then Matt. You guys get some money for that uh, on this this year broadcast. Yeah, you know what? I use Fantasy Points for just about everything here. From the articles there, you know, we get uh, Barfield and Bear Trouble with some great information. Edwin's got the medical information. Basically, Fantasy Points, you go out there, it's your one stop shop for just about everything. Head over there, fantasypoints.com, drop. Uh, 21 Vipers 10, get 10% off that subscription. This is one of those things that you absolutely need. Uh, we just, we're just coming off of dra National Draft Week. We still have drafts coming up. I got my home league one, my league of records, so to speak, uh, that who knows what's going to happen. Everything and anything happens at this draft. So I know nice. I'll be printing off some PPR well, sheets right off what do you there. Think of the, what do you think of the rankings at, at Fantasy Points? What do you think? Pretty tight, huh? They're pretty close. They, the best part is they kind of line up quite nicely with how I have mine. So one of the things I like to do when I put out my rankings is I like to compare it to retrouble uh, other people there and see, okay, how far off am I? Where am I off? If, if this guy is so much higher on your rankings, I'm so much lower. Maybe I need to go back and reevaluate where I'm standing here. Am I missing something? So I love being able to go off these rankings and kind of check out, okay, it helps me become a better fantasy analyst. I use that term very loosely, but it also lets me become a better player and fan as well. So uh, definitely that's where I'm getting all my information for when I go into drafts. A lot of the stuff that I post on Twitter and stuff is coming directly off the website there. So yeah, definitely head over to fantasypoints.com. Make sure you use that subscription there, that code 21vipers10, get what you got to get. And you know what? We have to end this show here eventually. So I'm going to make sure that I kind of throw out this. And I, you know what? We hope you all had, dare I say it, a horrific day. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Guys, uh, sorry for blabbering on here, rambling and, and all that, but uh, nope. uh, keep awesome. doing what you're doing and 
good luck and uh, good luck this year in fantasy. And uh, we'll, we'll do this again. Nice. Absolutely. And I've already got the title for the next show. We're going to have like Schefter texts. So we're going to like text Schefter during the show <laughs> and we're going to get some responses live on the air. We compare, we really do compare notes, him and I, every, every year. It's like a ritual, man. It's great. That's awesome. One year we, we made each other give each other's top 10 like targets. Mm. No discussion. We had eight of 10 the same. Wow. Unbelievable. One of them was Dalvin Cook. Mm. One of them was Hunter Henry who crapped the bed, but still, it was a good list. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's okay to lose one every once in a while there. You know what I'm saying? So when you we'll get it, when Henry you hit slide. a home run for someone, they forgive basically 15 pop outs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Baseball. Well, I hear you. It's true that. It's true. Oh, it's true. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, if I have one good show every 10, I call that a win right there. So uh, with that, <laughs> this is the Viper cast and uh, we're moving on to next week. See you then.